Hello and welcome to episode seven of How to Heal. I am your host, Mika Leon Pettit. And for the next month, or couple of months, we're going to actually spotlight some beautiful women that I've just been getting to know and hoping that we all will become great friends. This episode, we'll be having an intimate conversation with Danielle DeFore. She is one of the amazing women that was published in the Women of Spirit Volume 2 with me. And the book launch is March 1st. So Danielle is an integrative counselor and ordained minister, a certified yoga teacher, a certified quantum touch practitioner, and she also has a social worker background. So, uh, and also I'd like to mention that she's a certified canoe instructor. And she's going to tell you how all this comes together. I hear <laughs> Danielle laughing in the background. Hi, Danielle. Welcome. Hello. Hello, Mika. Thank you for having me. How is your day going and how are things? And you are in what part of uh, BC? I'm in British Columbia, Canada. On the lake? I right see. on a big lake. Yep. It's called Shushwap Lake. Shushwap. I didn't want to pronounce it incorrectly. Shushwap Lake. And uh, how's the weather out there? And what's the vibe? Well, it's pretty, uh, everyone out here is pretty awake around the, you know, whole situation worldwide. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> our community is really supportive of each other. I love it here. Um, sunny day today, but, uh, you know, there's snow, right? So, but it's warm. It's oh. getting warmer and things are melting today. And so it's feeling pretty, you know, that spring fresh feeling oh, kind of yeah. in the air right now. Awesome. And uh, you have a family out there? Tell me a I have a partner that. here. We have a little puppy. And uh, yeah, my I have a sister and my dad are in New Brunswick. But um, yeah, I, we're, we're thinking of heading home that way sometime. But we, we love BC. The weather is beautiful and it's hard to leave. I love BC as well. When I lived in Washington State, I used to go up to uh, British Columbia, um, to Vancouver all the time. I loved going up there. So we're about three and a half hour drive from Vancouver. Oh, you're, you're more. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so let's start out, Danielle. Um, you have a very interesting background, um, very eclectic. Uh, we're going to go into how you began your healing journey. Mm, yeah. So in terms of, well, we, we were talking about a few things where we would go with this. So um, I guess I can talk to you a little bit about um, just even when I was Things that have been happening for me lately where I've had these realizations <clears throat> about when I was younger, when I was a kid, you know, like pre-grade one. Mm -hmm. um, and the influence that school has on children to snuff out any gifts that they do have. Yes. Uh, any kind, you know, we know that's why they're after our kids now, because intuitively children have such magical abilities when they're um, just, I guess we'll call them when they're not programmed. Exactly. And when there are sponges, um, but I think they, I believe they say but before the age of seven, they absorb so much. So it's a really yeah. perfect time to, to get a hold of them. Exactly. And so I remember and, and, you know, having, um, you know, always hearing voices. It wasn't like, uh, you know, like any type of mental health disorder at all or anything like that. It was, uh, it was just more always whispering, always messages that I couldn't understand or hear or really I wasn't able to articulate when I was a little girl, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of happened. And then, of course, when 
I went to school and my, my mom was very understanding. Uh, luckily, you know, even in school, I remember, you know, grade one, two, they wanted to have me on medication teachers and my mom said no you know because not about hallucinating or anything like that it was more just about um like I was such a free spirit I love to I just school just stifled my spirit that's all I can say and and we'll leave it at that and Danielle let me clarify here so you're saying that um they wanted to put you on medication um is it because you were saying that you were having experiences that other people weren't having I think it was more because I just wouldn't settle. Like it just was school. Now looking back, school was such a, um, such, I guess, an oppression towards what, who I was as this like spiritual bearing, you know, a spiritual child at the time. It was just, um, it didn't resonate with me as a being at that time. And it's, you know, and I didn't understand how to explain that. And there was no such thing. It was 1980, right? There was no such thing as homeschooling or anything like that. Um, and the teachers paddled you then, right? And we did, they did a lot of things to us in grade one, which just, I remember many, many, um, you know, stifling moments, we'll call it. Exactly. And so after that, I just don't, re I, I, re I forgot about, I just don't recall hearing anyone talk to me after that. You know, there was lots of times where I think it just got, I got, I forgot about it all. And then as I progressed into, my mom was sick my whole life, which was <clears throat> hugely insightful for what I know now to be, you know, our bodies are our guide and, and, um, and, you know, growing up with mom always having this need for external fixes mm -hmm. and the newest product and the new, 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 and all of the, you know, following of the, really the Rockefeller sick care system and, and, so for that was a big support for me because it helped me see what I didn't agree with and wasn't what was in alignment what was not in alignment with what I come to know now as as um, you know deep truth so you know um so then you know my mom and dad didn't really pay much attention to me when I was growing up and so they did, but they didn't. They were beautiful Nothing parents. I love them. Love yeah. them. Nothing wrong. Just did what they knew at the time exactly. and what they could do. So anyways, I went into party mode and, and a lot of um, my teenage years was spent exploring, you know, honestly, um, any kind of drugs or alcohol that, that I could Yes, yes, you mentioned just try. 13 and 20. Um, well, I'll tell you this. Yeah, and I'll just, I don't want to get into it too much, Mika, but I'll sum <laughs> it up like this. There was a, right across from our high school, there was uh, in New Brunswick, there was a, uh, you know, what you call magic mushroom field just across the road. Wow. So, you know, there was some experimental, um, there went through a phase where lots of, you know, experiments and things like that with drugs. And I think honestly, I look back at those moments knowing now what kids are going through. And I think, I just think they were just so much fun. And I, I, <laughs> I don't know, I wouldn't take them back for anything now. Great. Those experiences made you who you are, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. So, you know, but interestingly enough, I always worked in, even when I was, I was 18, <clears throat> I started working at income assistance in my hometown. And even though I was going out and partying on the weekends, I was working all the time and I was pretty you know, I guess you'd call responsible as a young teen. And, and then, yeah, and then I, 
I feel like that experience working at income assistance, working with clients right away in my late teens was something that really kind of started my human service um, career. Exactly. Is that what led you into social work? No, actually, at that time, you know, I didn't go to social work. I didn't go to university until I was 30. Mm-hmm. So I actually explored with a lot of different things um, and with jobs before that. Um, but I mean, I mean, I, of course, it was it had a basis for sure. And my my direct supervisor was was phenomenal and gave and like, and that's kind of I guess where I should probably highlight is a couple of jobs that I had when I was younger, all um, really had a focus of personal development. So I think that you know a lot of times when you you know fifty year old people that haven't had any you know personal development or any exposure to that would say, oh, I want to meditate, or I really want to learn to, um, you know, channel messages from universal source. Well, I I would say you got a lot of work to do yet, right? And maybe you don't, but most people do. And so I think, you know, that was a gift that that I was given is getting that stuff early. Mm -hmm. So that I really was forced to kind of look at myself in a job situation where, you know, I had no way to say no. They were paying me. So yeah, I had to sit through these color workshops and motivational sessions. And how do you, you know, um, you know, respect other people's personality types and things like that. And I think that created a really deep understanding of humanity of, of oh, other people aren't thinking like I am kind of exactly. situation. Give you yeah. a broader, broader perspective, be able to relate to more people. Yeah, you know, have more compassion. Yeah, exactly. And so now looking at the work we both do, or I do now too, is that, you know, that was completely necessary and, uh, you know, a blessing to have it happen that early in my life so that I could actually have that basis and that foundation. What age, uh, Danielle? You know, I worked at income assistance and then I came out to Calgary when I was about 21. I worked in high performance sport. So um, I worked with actually the first women's Olympic hockey team. We did logistics for them. It was amazing. Yeah, but, but those both those positions back to back had extreme amount of personal development for employees, and uh, also the exposure with the Olympics, sitting in on different you know everything from media prep to you know uh, you know how do you respond to things, how do you you know conduct yourself, and then again personal development workshops, motivational workshops, team building workshops, you know mm-hmm. trust building, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they were big on, you know, staff retreats and stuff. So all of that, those two back-to-back were about, um, I worked five years in hockey, in high-performance hockey, and I worked four years for income assistance. So the combined, you wow. know, nine years, that was pretty powerful in terms of that. And then that, you know, in between there, that's when I did all my kind of fun stuff, learned to be a raft guide and team instructor and that kind of stuff just just from knowing, and then that, the canoe instructor and the raft guide, I'll just pull in that part of kind of self-development, you know, people think, oh, that's not self-development, but let me tell you, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's huge. Um, and, and really self-development in a way that, yeah, uh, you like wouldn't. example for people out there that are like, oh, really, I'm interested in those things. How Absolutely. You know how I became a raft guide? I phoned them up. You just called <laughs> That's, I phoned them. But, you know, and, and I kind of bragged myself up as young, right? So the guy said, well, what do you know about rafting? And I said, well, you know, I've paddled. I've paddled quite a bit, but I just forgot to tell him that it was like with a six pack in my canoe. And 
you know. <laughs> but I say, oh, you know, I was missing the water from back home. And I say, you know, what do you do? You know, what do I have to do to be a raft? He said, well, all I have is raft guide positions. And I said, well, what do you have to do to be a raft guide? Well, I train you and you have to come up. So what that taught me was we did a lot of, you know, um, uh, search, like uh, search and rescue or swift water rescue training and teaching me to put myself first, which I never had done really, um, or think of myself first, which was in my spiritual journey and awakening was, was one of the things that I needed to do because I would never do that. Even in my relationships with men, I would just go, go, go and help, help, help and not think of me or what I needed or what I wanted or anything about me. Wow. So and, interesting. And this made it the first time that you, your focus started to go in this direction and say, wow, you know, I need to think about myself here yeah. a little more than, yeah. It's yeah. And help people more that way as well. Well, it was fascinating to me. And then how, you know, Swift Water Rescue was totally embedded. And I did, I did, um, I keep saying search and rescue because I did do search and rescue for many years. But um, all of that is all about you first. And if you're in danger, then you're not going to help anybody else. Or if you're right. putting yourself. So it was, it was so shifted for me. And then, then I moved into working with group home kids. And I worked, um, that was even more, uh, again, human service field, but also, again, putting myself first, um, and, you know, because often people would say, well, oh my goodness, how do you work with those kids? I don't know how you do that. And I'm like, well, you know what? I always said right from the get-go, I'm like, they're, I'm facilitating their experience. I can't change their experience for them. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Mickey? I looked at your work in terms of soul contract work, and I'll tell you what, that made me realize you know what, I don't have the authority or, or what gives me the right to ever think that I could go in here and scoop this child up and change his life for him uh, or her. I can be there as a supporter, facilitator and show them what I, you know, love them. Uh, but also it was about, about managing my own, you know, you know, engagement in that, you know, and it's like allowing people to own their own life, right. own their own path. You know, yeah. so that taught me that. So, I mean, these, these experiences, when you, when you're living them, you don't think they're going to add up right? <laughs> to all of the, right. Yeah. Like what does this have to do with what, you know, my career or what I'm doing? And then you realize it's all a, like a growth journey to make you more of a better person. And you directing know. you to where you need to be mm -hmm. and giving you the perfect experiences. And the thing is the ones, you know, you would ask me about, you know, we're going to talk about some of the profound moments. Yeah. Well, there's been so many, you know, and some. What stands and, out to you? What stands out to you that you think the audience would like resonate with or feel like, wow, I, I needed to hear that? Well, in terms of a spiritual awakening, it's a process. It's not going to, you know, I think various situations in my life happen um, exactly in the timing that I needed them the most. And let me tell you, they weren't all in a little basket wrapped in a ribbon they were the hellish <laughs> moments of my life yes well are. i'll tell you one example and looking back you know i could tell you a few group home kid examples but i'll tell you something a little more recent and then and just in terms of my, my work as a probation officer and i'll tell you this mika i've never told anyone anyone you know no one really knows this about me so you're you're hearing a few things um that i haven't really shared 
Oh, and like that. thank you for thank you for sharing them with me. Thank you. So I just feel it's time and I can share now, you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mentioned to you that I was a little bit of a wild child. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I did go to jail once. <clears throat> and it wasn't anything serious. I'll tell you, it was for driving to endanger and failing to stop for a police officer. Wow. <laughs> so it was it was I it was a, that's a whole other thing. But just that was a little segment. And How long it was, did you have to go to jail for, for that? I went to jail. I actually, <clears throat> what happened was we were, I was, we, I live on a border town. Uh, I was 19, I think at the time. And I had all these older friends and we went across the main for, uh, to a bar. And then of course um, I had like fake ID and get in the bar and drink. And then I was driving this car at the time. It was a 76 Dodge Dart Swinger. And if you've ever seen a car like that, there are these huge, it looked like the clown car and it fit about 10 girls in it. All the same, oh you know, just cram them in. Big, long, old car. And it was the color of like the General Lee off of uh, off the Dukes of Hazzard, that orange. <laughs> my, my dad bought it before. anyway. Saved him $500 or saving me wrecking his car, I think is what it was. But anyhow, I shouldn't have been driving, but we were we drove because it was literally like a five minute drive from the bar to back to Canada. And uh, now, mind you, this is back when we freely came back and forth across the border. It's nothing <laughs> yes. like it is now. Those okay. Days. Yes. No, the, back then the custom officer would not come out of the little booth. He'd wave, you know, you know, type in your license plate. So you're from, you know, that town. And he would be like, mm. yes. like, really? So, you know, not a huge, but anyway, we left with my, my really standoutish car. And of course the police pull out right behind us because they sat there at that bar. It was a busy one and they pulled out behind me and the girls started screaming at me not to stop. So I just kept going, didn't speed, but then. But you didn't stop. I didn't stop. And I went to our Canadian side and our Canadian customer, our Canadian police and the American police to have these issues with each other. So then. I didn't have to go back, but then if I wanted to go to the States again, I had a little court date. So then I went and then the judge said, oh, you know, these Canadians can't keep coming over here doing what they want to do. So I had to go to jail for 36 hours. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but I can go in the States freely now. And so that was long time. Now, so. I didn't even want to get into that one really, but that one's uh, kind of a fun one. But the really purposeful one that we should be talking about in terms of, and this is really the lesson is, is about, you know, in your lowest moments, later on in life, you're going to look back and see really, if you're paying attention, uh, that that was actually your greatest gift. So, um, and I'm going to try to really, I know we said, you know, with time and whatnot, I won't try to go on with this story, but when I was, um, uh, I was in Calgary, I had it and I'm I had an incident. I was I was had a rental house, um, and I had uh, some boys growing some pot in the basement, and um, I was out of town. And I came home to having a voicemail saying that um, I needed to come in and speak to the police. They were over at the house, and I was like, "What?" The heck? So in any case, um, I won't get into too much detail. I went in and and. It wasn't just a discussion, they arrested me. And so I'm like, what the heck? 
and because I had kind of done not, not a whole lot wrong, I was just like, well, this is just, I was kind of light about it, you know? And, right. and, um, no, they were, they were upset that I was so light about it and, um, take me down to the station downtown. And this is Calgary where I actually became a probation officer. Okay. Same cell, same everything, which is, this is the cool part. So I, I'm fine at first, you know, I was like, okay, it was afternoon. I had my, my friend at the time guy came, dropped me off. It was all good. I thought I'll clear this all up. No, I, so he takes me downtown and it was kind of an attitude. And then, um, and I was asking him, you know, because at the time I was kind of fascinated with corrections anyway. And I was thinking I might want to do something in that area. And I was asking him like, oh, about his job while I'm in the back of the car going downtown. We're checking out the job to see if it's something that fits for you. That's probably why you were there. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he was irritating him though, because I think he thought I was a bad guy. And you're so in any terrified. Case, <laughs> yeah. And I should have been scared. So he gets me downtown and we go in, he puts me in the cell with the, all these other women. And it was actually the most blissful experience because <laughs> yeah, all these women were in there. Um, and like quite a few, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 women that had been arrested that day for something. And they were all sitting around like blankets and cuddling and telling their story. So I was really, I thought that was great. Yeah. And so then, yeah. And so then they take me out of the cell by myself and go and do my fingerprints, which wasn't so great. Cause I was like, well, this is kind of serious now. And um, yeah. in any case, um, when I get back to the cell, all the ladies are gone. They're all gone. And I'm there by myself with no blankets. And at that point I'm like, okay, this is serious now. And I got a little bit freaked out. And then I'm there all night and the guards would not speak to me. I was asking them what's going on. Nobody would say anything. I'm like, do I not get to see people like to get out of here? Like what's going on here? Nope, left me there all by myself. Like it was awful actually, I was crying. It was terrible. So I get to see the judge, they let you out and you go in the morning, it was like 8 a.m. or something with JP. They call it the JP, which I learned after from being told. So they call, I call it the JP comes in, it's just a regular lady that's not really a judge but she does justice in the piece so she comes in and I sit there and I'm crying because I've been there all night I'm just like ah, at this point I'm like what yeah and so then she uh of course I tell her my story she asked me a few questions left me out right away but here's the, the I was my lowest because here I'm at the then I go to the desk or wherever to get my stuff uh cell phone I guess or whatever they would have taken and then at this place where the police let you out <clears throat> okay so you have to know downtown calgary but it's like the scummiest part of the town right where they let you out of this little overnight cell and when i he, i don't know they must have said get out or whatever so i walk out this door and it literally slams so hard behind you it was like it was probably even could have even before 8 a.m so the only people are around the downtown or like, you know, like, like homeless people. And it was just that are already living down there. Yes. It wasn't really cool. And so they slam, slam this door so loud. I look behind me and it's like, you wouldn't even know the door was there. It was like a concrete. They let me out on like the C train line and just like, boom, get out. Wow. So I'm crying on the street. I call my friend who had my car, my truck and come, come get me. Luckily it was a beautiful soul. He's, He's a beautiful soul. And uh, that was my lowest moment. 
And then, I mean, I got off with that. Nothing happened in the end of it. I mean, I didn't have, like, my lawyer, had, you know, totally got, I, nothing, I walked away with nothing. But that one night, every single time, I was a probation officer for seven years, and I was, I was responsible to work with uh, the no fixed address population. Let me stop you there, Danielle. Yeah. How did you go from them just pushing you out <laughs> into the middle of an alley, <laughs> and now, now you're a probation officer? Crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. How did that experience you seriously? Yes, tell me more. Oh my goodness. I'm sure, I'm sure the audience is curious as well. <laughs> well, you know, it is just crazy, right? But like, that's how I, I say it's like my guides bonking me on the head to do stuff. Like, cause oftentimes I am thick like wall, you know, with why anyway. So after that, I, um, I was still working in hockey at the time, but that's when I started working in the group homes, um, right away after that. And, um, you know, I just started to, I started doing kind of simultaneous energy, discovering a, a bit of that component of myself, like, um, whether it's through just introduction to people and knowing people, I started actually working in group homes first. And then I left that and started working full time as a canoe instructor, mm -hmm. just because for a season, because it was just so happened um, they needed me. It was just a weird, again, a weird situation I normally wouldn't have done. But that season um, that I was working as a canoe instructor, I always had chronic neck pain. I guess this is a good segue to that because that was another one of my continuous, um, uh, I guess, what do you want to call it? Continuous um, kicks in the butt, I guess, mm -hmm. to get going in a certain direction, um, incentive. And so anyways, I had, I was working as a canoe instructor and I still, again, probably mid twenties at this point. And I had a girlfriend, um, she was also a canoe instructor. She was there with me at this particular moment and came behind me and just didn't just felt my around my head. And she said, Oh, you've got, she goes, what's going on with your neck? And I had never told her anything. I said, well, I don't know. I always have, I can't even turn my head basically without it being sore like ever. Right. And so um, she said, why don't you come see me? And um, I'm like, she had a little office. She did meditation and guided meditation. And she called herself holistic health practitioner, kind of yes. like this. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and so she, we did, uh, that's when my first experience really with um, vision, with seeing, uh, I was seeing what she could see and she was seeing what I was seeing through the guided meditation. And what it uncovered was what I already had. Let me make sure it's. Yeah, so I went to Aaron's. Um, so I said, you know, and so, oh, and so you were also asking me, you know, uh, about following intuition, right? And how do you know when to follow your intuition? Well, when doors open, follow them, right? So Aaron came behind me, waved her hand, said, come to my office. If I would have said no, huh, what would have happened? Right? So you got to say yes. You got to open yourself up to something you wouldn't normally do. And I would never normally have done that, you guys. Like normally, you know, like I told you, sex, drugs, and rock and roll was when I was a young kid. <laughs> yeah, that's And true. I was working in high performance hockey at the time, or just had left there. And went into the group home scene, but just had left there, which was, you know, that would have been absolute faux pas. You do not like that's, you know, spirituality wouldn't be, you know, on the forefront of their mind. It would be, you know, it wouldn't be like that. So that was always, <clears throat> it was never something I would have done, but I said yes, because she had, had made it, she, she knew for one that I had heat back there. And uh, for another, she just 
you know, was so I love, I really enjoyed it, her. And so I said, okay, I'll trust you, then I'll go. So, and it was the first experience of many levels. It was, uh, it was just the beginning of what ended up being a very traumatic past life that I was, uh, I was having experiences through. And people, you know, maybe, I, I, you know, I, I might have not believed that that was what it was, but I've had so many kind of intricate um, confirmations that it can't uh, be, you know, I would never deny it now. It's not denied, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so even in that, that first session, Erin was amazing. Um, she basically did a guided meditation. Um, and as, I, and that was the first kind of time where I was, you know, I was kind of brought back to seeing my own gifts. Um, you know, I had been told by tarot readers and things like this that I have gifts and stuff, but I mean, really seeing it for myself. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So I had seen it in my, in my third eye. And so that's where it ends up being. It's like, it was like a movie and it's not like you can, I can hear people talking, but I can feel what they're saying. Like tell it's like, um, it's hard to describe, but you know, anyone who's experienced a guided meditation, it's similar to that. You're just watching a movie in your mind and you, as long as you stay focused and not dismiss yourself, yeah. not dismiss what's coming forward. I think that's what ends up happening for people is they'll get distracted, dismiss what just happened, and then say, oh, that couldn't have been, that couldn't have happened. Yeah, exactly. It's in my mind. Yeah. And so I think that's a big thing is to not dismiss stuff. I mean, you don't want to make stuff up. But anyway, um, so yeah, so Erin did um, that session. And when she said, what are you seeing? And she was a type of really nice guide, you know, asking me uh, what I was seeing. And I expressed, you know, um, you know, there's people all around. Basically what had happened, <laughs> I'll tell you what happened in this life was I was uh, a Quaker uh, hiding my readings and energy work and work we both we do. And um, I was lynched on my own farm and I was hanged and my husband hanged me, all my family and friends, everyone betrayed me wow. and they were, yep. And they were all there. And so, um, I see it vividly. And so, as I say, you know, that, that experience with that traumatic life, um, there's so many um, components to it that it would be a whole other separate podcast. But um, just with uh, Aaron's work, you know, it was the beginning, and I'll tell you how I realized it's the physical body showing you the way, is that I was, um, she guided I told her what I was seeing in front of me. I said, I'm standing there with the noose on my neck. I could feel it, you know, and I could see myself. And I was, you know, traumatized by the betrayal. Right. Betrayal is a theme in my current life as well, right? So when you look, when you think and make these connections with, with things, and it doesn't always have to be someone's past life. It could be serious. It could be this life. But this mm -hmm. particular concern for me was a different life. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway... So Erin, she said, you know, take the news. She goes, I'm going to help you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to take this. Let's take the news off your neck. And so like during the session, I, I visualized, I could see myself taking it off my neck, and setting it aside and wrapped up the session. It, you know, other things that happened, but wrapped it up. Generally, that was it. And on my way home that day, like I remember feeling amazing. I felt amazing. After the session, I had uh, experienced like, Oh, it was just like someone had just put, you know, um, 
acupuncture all through my neck. It was just activated and flowing. It was amazing. Wow. So your neck, you, you lost the tension that you had in your neck. Was it um, almost uh, immediately? Well, that day, immediately. Now, mm -hmm. it taught, this, this can teach a lot of people, even energy practitioners, that <clears throat> leaving things may not always be the best as well. So when I left there, I did feel amazing. My neck felt amazing and maybe for a little while after. But then what started to happen very shortly after that, maybe a few months or whatever, was I started getting a lot of acne all around my chest, really bad, and on my back, right below my neck and all across. Do you believe and the energy was moving? It, I didn't know what. I didn't even at the time because I wasn't really aware that way. I didn't really make the connections right. that it was the same thing. I just thought, what the heck's going on? I didn't ever have acne ever. And now I have it everywhere. And it was really bad. And I was so embarrassed I couldn't wear bathing suits. Like it was bad. And so that was so that was a continued journey for that. And then um I went to a guy, I took my mom actually. My mom was always sick, right? I told you, I was back east. I took my mom to a, a guy. He was um he was a he was a medical doctor. Um, retired, but he had gone to Sri Lanka and trained um, trained there and, and as a, uh, he would do muscle testing. He, I can't remember what he called himself, but in any case, um, I went there to take my mom to him to help her with, you know, different allergies or maybe medications because he could, you know, he was doing muscle testing, what medications were better, better right. for your body and et cetera. Exactly. So I was in the room with her when he was working with her and um, he came behind me with my shirt on. He didn't look or anything. And he says, oh, he's like, he goes, can I look at your back for a second? And I was like, yes. And he lifted it up and I was like, he goes, I can help you with that. And I'm like, really? So I tell him the story. Mm -hmm. He sees me right then. My mom was there as a witness. And he says, well, I'm just going to do a little treatment of Guasha. He said, uh, he goes, no, I don't, he goes, I don't know uh, about what you're saying. He says, but I'll, I'll just, I'll just tell you that if I do this on you, it's going to, uh, it'll show through your skin. He said, what's happened was you, what you're telling me, he says, you've gotten trapped bacteria, like old blood basically mm -hmm. was stagnated from that energetic holding. And when we released the news, we would release energetic holdings through the wow. bad, through the blood that has bacteria. Mm -hmm. He said, it's festered on your skin. This guasha treatment is going to help. Okay. He's like, you know, it's going to look like you, I beat you black and blue when I'm done. Mm -hmm. And it's just a very gentle treatment. I was like, okay. So then he does the guasha. It's a buffalo bone, right? But, but he, he was pretty, he had some skill, this guy. So anyway, he, he did the, push on my back and he goes oh and I'm like what and he gets to the mirror and my mom was there and he showed me the mirror and there and there was black and blue like he said like really my back was just amazingly black and blue and then he had um but then what was completely white with no redness or anything was the new smart a complete clear wow. and evident noose in the back and my mom couldn't I was like I told you mom <laughs> I told you wow. 
And that was a moment where I was kind of convinced that, all right, I'm not seeing things. I'm not, what I'm feeling is 100%. I just need to be affirmed. I was affirmed by him. Yes. Yes. And so after that, you know, it started clearing up and, um, and there was some more other work around that life, but I mean, those were the biggest moments I thought were pretty cool. And well, Danielle, I want to mention something here because you have a quote that I found. Um, I didn't always see life in the infinite, beautiful way I do now. I'm not a guru, just someone who followed their inner voice. And with every profound experience, continuously gave myself permission to dive in deep with an open heart. So I'm assuming that would be one of those moments. Absolutely. And, you know, on the side, I was always into, like, like you, I was always into astrology and I was always about what's your sign and, you know, all that kind of stuff yeah. fascinated me, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting like, topic with the friends and stuff too, because they're curious. Yeah. <laughs> always usually curious. And then looking up your boyfriends or people you're dating is always fun as well. <laughs> always. So then, you know, so you're open to stuff like that anyhow. And yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then I just, I guess another moment I think is important to uh, kind of talk about or is kind of neat to talk about is um, just when I really kind of started working on ener- looking into energy work. Um, and I was raft guiding and, and uh, doing, uh, again, the group home work at the time and, and doing wilderness trips with kids and stuff. So just that component was being blossomed. But then the energy work kind of was just, like I say, the universe just showed me the way on that. I was um, out in Drumheller, Alberta, out visiting a friend, uh, actually the people in the raft camp that I worked for, they said, come out and visit. And I was like, okay. And then they had to work. And I said, well, what am I going to do today while you guys are working? And she says, oh, there's a little, you know, a little spiritual shop downtown. She does card readings and, and uh, she has a little gift store. If you want to go down there, I thought, okay, I'll go down and check it out. Great. So I go down and um, asked her when she had time to do a reading and, and the lady said, you know, I, she booked me in and I went in that, that day and um, she had made arrangements too to schedule me in because I was from out of town too. She wasn't going to see me. And I was like, oh, from out of town, is there any way you could do it? Okay, come in. So I go in and anyway, at the time she does a reading for me and everything was really accurate and, you know, it was really, you know, an uplifting, nice reading. And, but, you know, at the time I wasn't, I wasn't really buying into that because, you know, you're charging me. These people are just wanting money. You know, my dad's here was here and he was saying <laughs> that's foolishness and things like that. And so I just went in, you know, I was like, whatever. okay. Yeah. You told me a few accurate things about the boyfriend I was dating at the time and this and that. So then I, I get to the counter. She charged 80 bucks or something for the hour or whatever it was. And I get to the counter and um, she says, I'm not going to charge you for this. And I was like, what do you mean you're not going to charge me for this? Right. And she says, because they're telling me that you need to get this book. And if I charge you, you're not going to get the book. book? <laughs> and I was like, really? And she wrote it down. It was Barbara Ann Brennan's Hands of Life. Yes. And this is, of course, mid-20s, right? So I said, well, whatever. Okay. And, and then she said, she's not charging me. And I walked out and I just was so puzzled by that, (laughs) that of course I had to go get the book. (laughs) And then I didn't read the book for a long time. I read a few pages. I had no idea what uh, Barbara was talking about and it just went, 
So readiness wasn't there. And so, and then it was maybe even a year later, I don't know when, but I pick up the book and I read it cover to cover and I start doing the exercises. And I realized that what I was seeing in the atmosphere and what I was experiencing, Barbara actually put the words. So then I was affirmed even more because Barbara felt it and seen it too. So I can see globules in the air and I can see uh, ores around the trees and really magnificent kind of gassy stuff going on in the atmosphere a lot of times and I just dismissed that until I read Barbara's book and then I thought wow no there's something to this and Isn't so then I think how we're just taught to just um not acknowledge our gifts or think that we're imagining things and we have such great potential for amazing things but we we just discredit it until we need proof after proof after proof yeah to verify it to us that it's happening Right. And what's really weird is that I was always saying that stuff. Okay, well, you know, because I was raised Catholic. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual now and I know what I know in terms of source and universe, you know, but um, I really believe that was a lovely base because, it, it, you know, it was just, a, I'm, I'm happy in a way that I found that I know what I know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Christ and your journey, your, your specific unique journey. And uh, when we come back, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about um, you being published in the Woman of Spirit Anthology, volume number two. And um, we're also gonna talk about your channeling. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people like to know more about that as well. And we'll be right back. Feeling stuck and need some practical guidance to put to use right away? I have been helping friends, family, and clients with spiritual guidance for years, and now I am opening this option to others that follow and resonate with what I have to offer. You can send your question to transform at howtohealnetwork.com, and I will answer it without using your name so that maybe it can help someone else that wanted to ask but felt too shy to do so. Again, send your question with Mika, I have a question in the subject line to transform at howtoheal.com. We are all here to do something specific and unique to our original blueprint. Soul contracts can clear up questions you have about yourself and others while putting you on the right path that is uniquely yours. It speeds up the work of self-development exponentially and gives you practical tools for daily living. To learn about or experience a soul contract reading, go to www.mikaleone.com and get your free 15-minute consult to find out if a soul contract is right for you. And welcome back to How to Heal. We are here with Danielle and we're going to be talking now about Danielle's um, publishing and the Women of Spirit Anthology, volume number two, and her channeling abilities. So I'll lead you, I'll let you go ahead and lead us in, Danielle. Okay, great. Well, I thought um, maybe we'll just, in terms of the channeling, I, uh, Mika and I were just saying that, you know, everyone has the ability to do what I'm doing. I, I truly believe everyone has the ability. Now, 
whether your sole purpose or your mission in this life is to be a practitioner, that's a different story. But we all as humans have this uh, ability to connect with higher self, with source, with creator, whatever most resonates with you in terms of who you're feeling you're connected with. Some people it's angels. My feeling is we're, we're, we're accessing all of them at the same time because uh, what I channel and what I access is I'm terming a quantum line of communication that is direct and instant with source itself. And along the way, it's like, you know, intention funnels out various angels, various guides in terms of what your own intention is or what my intention is um, for a particular question or, or, or situation. So if I say, you know, I only want guides that are going to support me in this particular situation today to step forward. Anyone else trying to um, play games, mess with me, have a little fun, just step back. And sometimes you do have different guides and, and uh, spirits that will come in. And so it's important to have a really strong, loving, light intention on everything that you do. So for my readings, my channeling, that is number one. Um, did your channeling start after you read uh, Barbara Brennan's uh, book or, or did it happen a little bit? You know, uh, you know, really just, I think with quantum touch and becoming a practitioner over time. And then mm -hmm. of course with Barbara and Brennan's book, I just started practicing all the, all the, um, all of her um, exercises, exercises. Mm -hmm. And then yoga teacher training, honestly, and teaching yoga is what really got me realizing that I was channeling. And then I, cause I would, uh, I was, I was taught long enough and for many years. So I was able to have opportunity to set intentions in different ways so that I could confirm to myself that, okay, I would say I wanted intention to be funny today in class, or I would say I'd like to intention to bring insight, or I'm just going to surrender yeah. my intention to source, you know, whatever I would do just to right. see what would happen. Right. And give myself like really re even coming on the show today, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen. So it's like, maybe I'll freeze up. Maybe no one will come. I don't know. But like, you've got to give yourself a chance to um, experience it. And if, if you don't hear, hear a message, it's not like you're not, um, you're something wrong with you. It's just that perhaps there's some layers that need to be lifted before you're able to really tune in. Like so what I like to be open. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so like, I, I just told you guys a little bit, a few of my, just a few, like, I mean, just a little sample of a few experiences for me that open my eyes by it's what it does is it creates your experiences that you allow yourself through meditation through self-development through various kind of exercises group work or what have you will give you the affirming to create the knowingness and it's when you have absolutely no waiver of faith absolutely none where it doesn't matter your worst day, you can laugh at because you know that it's for a reason. That's the kind right. of tough stuff I'm talking about. And it takes time to get there. You know, you, everyone, you know, it does. Mm -hmm. And even in my life, you know, catching myself in a moment of frustration and being like, oh, oh, oh. Now, <laughs> what's this about? And changing your perception of yourself. So absolutely everything that comes to you it's for your learning. So when you stop, take a moment to ponder that. It's not like you've got to dwell on it forever, but you just got to notice it for a second. Observe. There goes that so, stop and pause again. Just yeah. reacting and stopping and pausing. 
Yeah, and you go through the limbs of yoga. Observe, observe self, right? Pranayama. You got to breathe. How many people, if you, any breathwork coach will, will tell you that if you breathe, if you're teaching people to breathe, a lot of people, you don't breathe. I'm like, how are you walking? And if you're, exactly, and if you're frustrated, one of the first things you start doing is either shallow breathing or barely, like you said, barely breathing at all, if it's not shallow. Exactly. And it's the opposite of what you should be doing. So yeah, you're right. And when you think about yoga, people think, oh, I don't know. If you've never practiced yoga, you know, I always say everyone can start. It doesn't matter what level. Uh, if you if you can't do something, what do you do? Uh, fall out of the pose or or lie out. And and people feel like this, um, you know, obligation to kind of have to do the whole class and you have to do it this way. It's like, no, man. Yeah. Yoga is about, about body awareness. I found that that yeah long as it brings you back to center in your body and you can feel your breath moving through your body and you're consciously in your body i i think it's more about that not necessarily getting the poses perfect you know you absolutely to, you hurt yourself but you want you can stay in a position that allows you to be relaxed and just be present in your right. body yeah and yoga what it does is it allow it prepares your mind for meditation okay and i think it's really important for people to remember that Mm-hmm. preparing the body for meditation so a whole hour of preparing your body to get quiet and meditate so sometimes people what will happen is they'll say why well, I, I can't meditate you know i i don't know how to stay calm i keep thinking thoughts well yeah but <laughs> if you first tried skiing could you ski really well the first day no you probably yeah. fell down a few times you know what daniel you're correct about that because a lot of people don't give it enough time maybe it's, it's amazing certain things they want instant results and no yeah, exactly it didn't get take in, yeah you didn't get there instantly so how do you think you're going to yeah it's like oh well if, if, if i can't sit here for 15 minutes for you know within a week i'm done you know i'm just not going to do any at all <laughs> you know what I, yeah exactly and then they give up and then they give up on yeah. themselves and then we get caught in our regular world of collecting energies that even don't even belong to us and wonder why things work out the way that they're working out or why you're stressed or you can't Mm -hmm. talk can't sleep so yeah so yoga is a way to really what i say to people is we're stirring up emotions in the body through the physical experiences and then we get quiet to allow you know um you know uh the emotions to surface and oftentimes you know people leave yoga angry or you know you stir up anger <laughs> yes. in the hips right yes Drink and water. <laughs> emotion hides and so when you're stirring up you haven't moved off the couch or whatever and you come in and you stir it up and then you wonder why you're not really oh that yoga class i didn't like that teacher or whatever well, sometimes it's just like oh what did I stir up today? Like, what? <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, it brings up a good point because a lot of times people just need to move like those energies are stagnant in their bodies and they just need to move that energy. But it, it, like you said, they just happen to get angry with you because you're the first one that makes that energy move. And so it comes out with you. Yeah, it could. <laughs> it could, but they could leave joyous. They yeah. might start laughing too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting, but that that can really... And I mean, we talk about yoga, but you know, when I was working in the group homes, we would do these long, long hikes and it was therapeutic mm-hmm. because we wouldn't say anything. And all of a sudden we're at about three and a half hours or four hours into the hike. And this kid would just have his major meltdown, start losing his shit and, oh, excuse me, start losing his mind. 
and you can you can edit that one out starts losing you know really getting upset like real emotional um take me back right now like i am not doing this anymore and what it was is their time there's time in the quiet mind to think so you're at a three or four hour mark of breathing up a hill of getting a little exhausted the tire the body right stir it up right and then the emotion surface and i learned that there and and taking multitude of kids in different groups out in the same location where they would melt down at the same time, different kids. Like the, how they tell you to meditate if you can, preferably the same time of day if you can do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All those connections, I was watching that and observing yeah. that. Interesting. That is interesting. So what it told me was is, yeah, the body is physically, it's like it's exerting a little physical uh, exercise. You're getting the breath work and you're stirring up like, um, you got to think of the body. It's collecting emotions. It's holding them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things <clears throat> I think before we even talk about the channeling that I really think is important to talk about in terms of healing yourself and physical healing is that it is more looking at your, um, oh, I lost my train of thought right there, Jeepers. I was, I know I was kind of picking up something there. What was I? There you go. Just in terms of the physical body and um, what it can show you right? So when we're holding emotions that we haven't either um, been able to debrief or given ourselves permission to feel, they get stuck. And I always say, you know, to people, well, if you tell someone something, you feel fine about something and you really feel a different way, where do those emotions, the truth, where do they go? Right? And so they go in the body. And so then over a period of years, perhaps lifetimes, in the holdings and they build up like the layers right so so we've got to allow ourselves to um notice the physical body stir it up a little bit and not be afraid to go where we're a little bit uncomfortable okay the discomfort is where we want to go like with a flashlight really yeah. shining bright like the shadow work exactly yeah. and instead of what we do we our population have been taught you feel an ache feel a pain you feel anything go get uh cover it up with some medication or some advil or something that actually is terrible for you right mm -hmm. so you'll never uncover what will what what your body's showing you so and what's you know probably is probably part of the point you know that the, if you heal then they have no clients so <laughs> if you feel great yeah yeah, yeah there's totally. a reason to take the meds or see anybody because you, you feel great so if they can get you to suppress it it also leads into another issue when you're yeah. suppressing the other ones well exactly and so that you know and so it is getting a little bit you know in the discomfort and if your body is feeling and experiencing something some type of a dis-ease then that's what you got to look at inside Anyway, so that's to me, yeah. And our our system is created for to suppress our gifts exactly. because that's our power. Yeah. Uh, I and so, do that. yeah. Yeah. And so with the channeling, that's where I'm saying everyone has the ability. We are all like a vibrating magical being. We're vibrating beings. We come here in these bodies, in this vessel so that we are able to feel touch smell uh, experience emotions because in our translucent state in our 
when we're on the other side, when we're in that um, that high vibrating frequency, which is the other side, right? Which right. is source, all loving souls, then we don't have that ability. So that's what we're doing. We're we're growing. We're learning, and so um, and we come here specifically to do that. So then when you can change that perception of yourself and actually start to know that through your, and then give yourself those times to time to make connections with experiences that you'll have through quiet, through meditation, through group work, yoga, whatever. So through a hike, if that's what you choose to do, Um, but just getting still and counting on you, then I, I truly know that people all of us can connect to the same thing that I connect to. And now so, when you channel, um, are you using uh, cards? You know, like some people use like cards to, to channel whatever is going to come through. Yeah, I started using card, cards and I still do. If it, What I find with cards is it, it helps the clients feel comfortable. So um, because if I was just sitting here telling you what I was feeling or seeing, then it, sometimes people think, oh no what can she see can she read my mind does she know what I'm thinking right this second it's like no it doesn't work like that not for me anyway um what I tend to find feel is things that happen for me through uh, um when I work with clients is that it all depends on their intention so if someone says yes I'd like to for you to do a session with me and I really um you know, I've never done any of this stuff before. I don't really believe in it, but I'll just see where it goes. Um, but maybe they don't have a really strong intention that. of believing <laughs> that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then it's not going to work. Whatever clarity they have around what they want. And um, so it starts with the who am I? What am I? What do I need? Yeah. What do I want? How deep does love go? Every single person, you haven't journaled, who am I? That's a start. That's how you start to get intuitive. That's how you become more intuitive with um, your own health. Who am I? What am I? And, you know, you could write pages and pages. And and if you think, oh, no, I couldn't. Yes, you could once you give yourself the time and the phone's not ringing or things aren't interrupting you. But the getting to know you will lead to your strong intuition. That's will just magically happen just like that getting to know you and people are like well how's that gonna work when I went to social work the whole first year in social work is about you your family and I remember you know even the kids would say because I was 30 right and the other kids were like some of them were teenagers that were there and they were why do we have to know about our own families what does that have to do with social work and helping other people it's like "Mm, well getting to know your triggers right getting to know you their families (laughs) right so interesting a lot of the kids yeah that were in social work were there for social work (laughs) we're there to be counseled yeah yeah but but readiness right and whatever that was their journey that was perfect they're probably doing something wonderful now those kids you know exactly but uh but yeah like it starts with getting to know you and then and then yeah and then developing it and getting yourself some practice time Any channeling courses, book, or anything like that you recommend for anybody who is like, you know what, I feel like this is something that I'm drawn to and I feel like, like it's a calling for me. Um, where should I start? 
Well, I am coming up. I am coming up with some dates on what I call it's energy healing 101. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's a lot of more of a, a self work. Um, yes, you got to begin with yourself. Um, you know, to practice your intuitive skills because everyone has them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have nothing. No, I, I'm not a course set up right now in terms of a date, but. We do, um, I do bi-weekly public offerings that, that we can, um, that I can let you know the dates coming up and we can uh, oh, definitely offer something around that. And yes. it's for free. Just people can show up and do a little hour or two session. That sounds good. But yeah, the channeling, that's how it started. And, and then again, like I say, I, I, I feel like everyone, everyone can do it. And I like, I, I don't want to dismiss my own gift, but at the same time, I love to empower others. And I think that, um, yeah, do you want to, do you want to show everybody what we do? And yeah, we're all at different levels. You are reading. Experiences um, in life too. Are you there, Danielle? Do that's the you? thing. But I think it's giving you. All right. Okay, Danielle. Yes. So, um. So just back to what we were saying about the channeling. So again, yeah, I, I really want to encourage everyone, even though like we're talking about, you know, what I can do, everyone can do this. And, um, you know, as I say, just start starting with, you know, even breathing, you know, starting to notice your own breath, take a yoga class, do anything for personal self-development, <laughs> anything from you know, and then that's the journey that it starts is recognizing absolutely everything about you and what you need, you know? Yeah. And then all of these. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, go ahead, Mika. No, I was going to say, yeah, it's a perfect way to start more self-awareness and then go from there. Sorry, I cut out a little bit. Are you there? Can you hear okay. me? Yeah, I can hear I can hear you, Danielle. Yeah, I was just saying that, yeah, more self-awareness is a, a great place to start. Yeah. So Mika had a question then that she had uh, given to me. <clears throat> do you want to do a do you want me to do a little channel for your question that you had, Mika? Yes, I think it'd be really good for the audience and, and to see what kind of work you do as well. So my question was, how can I live in alignment with my highest good? Okay, so it's going to take me a second to do this. Um, I'm just going to. Okay, so Mika, your message is really short and sweet, but it seems like there was, I was like waiting. I'm like, mm, not much is coming because, well, I'll just read it to you. So Mika's, Mika's question was, how can Mika live in alignment for her highest good? And uh, the answer was, everything you do is in alignment. You need to get outside more and away from your computer. Your abilities will expand when seated by the earth. Enjoy your gifts and continue to dive deep as you are. Alignment comes from balancing you, finding the balance that makes you find the most joy. There is much to be done over the coming years. Your efforts and role are as unique as your spirit. Much will be discovered and much to be shared. Be joyous in what you do and simply be your highest, most positive self, loving you so very much. Oh, wow. How sweet. 
And yes, I, I there's a fine balance between being on the computer and getting out and earthing. But that's one of my practices I do in the morning when I get up. I go out and I put my feet on the ground as soon as I get up in the mornings. And then I take breaks in between off of my computer and do that. But yes, it's always a good reminder um, to center myself and, and ground, especially in this age of technology. We're online so much and even more so, you know. Yeah, you don't realize you're collecting there too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's that's pretty cool. And um, very cool. Well, most most of the messages that I'll get are always about affirming what people already know about themselves, Mm -hmm. but it just is something like a message where if you hear it, you know, it's it's that whole rule. If you hear something a few times, yeah, it rings true to you. Exactly. Right, and you feel the resonance of that truth, and Mm -hmm. you feel that it's affirming. It's a, it's affirming. Like, yeah, you, like you said, you, you feel like, oh yeah, this is giving me a hint that yes, I'm going in the right direction. Yes. You know, things are moving forward the way they're supposed to. Yeah. And I feel this already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people who just give up a little bit too quickly, you know, it's like, be patient with yourself, you know, and, oh, and yeah. if there's, you know, and especially if there's anything going on physically, you know, if you if the body's got to the point where there's something physically showing you like a, a discomfort and you know there's a bit of layer there and now you use and this as well with your you marry um you actually do marriages as well now do you give messages yes. channel messages to yeah to your clients with that when i well you would it's kind of funny what i do yes i channel my my writings for their scripts oh, cool. and i also will say you know i just put out I've learned to surrender my intention a long time ago and I will just say you know let me be there in the way that you know Jane and John need me to be Mm -hmm. um what do I need to wear for Jane and John today and I'll stand in my closet and then I'll go (laughs) oh my gosh that exactly matches exactly what they have so it's kind of neat how tell me what I need to wear and you know people get freaked out by that but I think everyone can do that it's just if you listen you know what are you hearing and where's the message coming from that you're hearing that is awesome so i uh, this is amazing work um and so you said you've got a class coming up but you're not sure exactly what the dates or anything are are yet not yet i can let you know well i know there's um i'm doing an energy healing 101 i can let you know mika and you can tell tell your Mm -hmm. your people if anyone wants to have a channeled message though i would be happy to just email me and i'll email them back and, and let me know how, how do they get a hold of you? What's your best way? To you can email me. I know you can you email me at light. I think your website, I believe is lifeenergy.net. Lifeforceenergy.net. Yep, lifeforceenergy.net. Mm-hmm. You is can get a hold of me it, through the website. Exactly. Exactly how it's spelled. Lifeforceenergy.net. Yep. And, um, yeah. So there's a few other, um, you know, things I could, could talk about, Mika, but I don't know if you were, were kind of wrapped up. It was, <laughs> what, what would you, are you like able to leave to... everyone with? What would you like to leave everyone with thinking about before you leave? And of course, you've got, so again, another diverse background to where we probably need to have a whole another interview again on another um, um, line or, or road to talk about some of your other work. Well, we need to talk about that. I could tell you a few little things about my, my, um, 
you know, the past life that we talked about today, that one situation just over a period of the years that, that went through and things that had happened that were pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, today, thanks so much for having me on. And I really, biggest thing, I think from, from my point of view, what we're all living in right now and, and what we're seeing happen is to always, always remember that your thoughts are powerful that what we really believe about ourselves is truly important, that your voice, you know, is important in what you think. People think it's just little old me, you know, it's just little old me. If I don't show up or if I don't go, what would ma- no one will miss me. But yes, they will. And the more, the more empowering is, is if you show up and you say yes to something that maybe you weren't sure of or something that maybe could open a door for you. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You just got to show up for yourself. And there's not much to do if you take off the whole worrisome aspect and what, what's going to happen and this and that and all these thoughts. Yeah. If you just show up with an open heart for your moments. Isn't that so true? And, and it sounds like, like it's such a little thing, but it's not. It's major. Yeah, when, when it comes to being available for life, because you miss so many opportunities if you shut yourself down, or just like you said, or just not show up. And that's internal work, right? That's mm-hmm. inside, because that's, you know, the old stories that we told ourselves, you know, hopefully you're telling yourself a story over and over, maybe that you don't matter. It's a big theme right now. We're not being heard, right? Mm-hmm. Not being seen, not being heard. So working through third chakra, Working through fifth chakra, pretty powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty traumatic stuff coming out. Yes. And that art goes back and forth. So one minute you might feel really good. The next minute you're like, oh, crying, bawling mess. Well, that's okay too, because that's exactly crying and doing that back and forth is perfect because the energy's moving. Mm-hmm. It's coming out. It's like we talked about, like we're stirring it up and then pop the champagne top off and let it just come out. Just little by little, or sometimes it'll pop like a fizz. Sometimes it'll just ooze out, and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And that's another no judgment of how you're feeling right now because wow, right? And we These all emotions have somewhere. are pretty. Yeah. yeah. The we second you start to give yourself permission to feel, things will it, change. Exactly, feel because we always try to um, escape, and I think that's a lot of times um, we talked about. Um, childhood and I'm sure you learned classes with this with social work and stuff like that there's so much that happens in our childhood we disassociate from and we don't want to feel because we want to escape whatever those bad moments that happen to us and this is exactly it and that's why emotions get trapped is because children are not able to process emotions that occur like that any trauma you know will literally want to child will freeze well that emotion freezes inside Mm -hmm. them so and the work that Mika and you and I do it's like you know what I've learned is that emotion it's not like you know you have to have a um be re-traumatized and tell about your talk about your childhood or anything like that you simply have to sit in parts of the body in various energy centers you can sit in the root chakra you can sit in sacral solar plexus literally in meditation sit there longer than you think you should with breath and ask a few questions to yourself or even just what comes up because chakras are developmental Mm -hmm. right 
So when we're, you know, born to about seven, root chakra, right? Eight-ish, this is general, eight-ish to say, you know, 14, uh, 12, Mm -hmm. sacral, yeah? And if uh, up here in the solar plexus is a lot of our, you know, adolescent times and different types of things that happen as a teenager. And if you've ever meditated with kids, a teenager will typically look out, you'll be fine doing meditation all the way up to about throat chakra. And then they'll look off like they don't even know what's going on. They'll just start gazing off. It's because it's developmental and they're not quite there yet, right? Right. So we have to give, you know, and so I've learned just sitting in the chakra will will elite, will bring forward either an emotion or it could bring forward an actual memory. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then it's like shine the flashlight there. Don't that run. That would be a good class to have um, around chakra, chakra work and stuff um, just for people. That's a good base um, class for getting back in your body and, and feeling. Uh, yeah. And I like to do it with the essential oils and stuff like that. And oh, and the breath work, that would be amazing. Totally. We should talk about that, Mika. We can set yeah. something up where yeah. we can do um, a component of it because mm-hmm. agreed. I mean, and, and you don't have to know anything about a chakra. I think we should right. mention too, right? Yeah. Like even having the base idea that, okay, we're more than we've been taught, right? Let's explore that yeah, and exactly. see how we feel. Everything is energy. Let's, let's see how that energy works within the realms of your aura and your body and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, you can go from there. Right. And once you start feeling things for yourself, like if you're running energy and you're feeling, you know, kids will say, if you teach them, you know, you know, run energy on the palms, like hold your hands out in front of you. And, you know, like, as if you had something you were holding. Yeah. Like a ball or something. Yeah. Right. I've mm-hmm. heard kids say so many times, oh, if I say, what's that feel like? They'll say, oh, it's lightning bolts or feels really like electrifying and they'll, they'll describe exactly <laughs> right. what it is mm. yeah so adult you know yeah exactly oh my god this has been awesome danielle we could talk so for thanks. hours i know i, know. <laughs> I love talking oh, to like-minded with a cup of tea and yeah and just talk up talk it's like exciting and uh, yeah definitely i'm gonna want to have you back on because then we can go from another angle as well and so to tell tell us again how to reach you and anything else you want them to know before we go okay so yes please reach out if anyone wanted to have a reading or have a session an integrative session or anything uh like that or just um I wanted to get married <laughs> there's a lot of things we can do but, but no if you want to reach out i'm just kidding if you want to reach out to me though lifeforceenergy.net and then my email is lifeforceenergy888 at gmail.com easy to remember lifeforceenergy888 at gmail at gmail.com yep All exactly right. perfect Thanks a lot, Mika. With you, I know, and I'm looking forward to all of us getting to know each other. All of us are, um, like I was mentioning before, this is interviews of all the amazing women that were in the Women of Spirit Volume 2 coming out March 1st. And yeah, it's going to be fun. We've been talking about possibly doing a uh, television uh, channel or something. I, I'm sure you saw that about um, just teaching different classes and stuff from the different women and they're yeah yeah yeah. i think that's gonna be amazing well i think that i agree i think it's wonderful and we can help each other and support each other and and get our uh, our message out to the world yeah like we're doing right now 
right now with you guys. So thanks for listening today. And uh, you were watching and were listening to, actually. <laughs> we are watching each other. We are listening to Danielle before. And uh, yeah, you can check her out at well, again, lifeforceenergy.net.